Hi there, this is Austin Hetzler, the pastor of Christ the Rock Church of Elyria, Ohio. We at Christ the Rock are humbled and grateful to be a part of your sanctification today as you listen to this sermon. But at the same time, we want to encourage you to be a member of a good local church and not to allow online sermons to replace the local church and to benefit from the life of that church and to give your spiritual gifts back to that church. Having said that, our website is www.christrockchurch.com. If you go there, you can find sermons, blogs, and other resources as well as our location and service times. You can also listen to the sermons on Bible Thumping Wingnut, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. I, along with the membership of Christ the Rock Church, pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you. Lord Jesus, thank you for the enjoyment of properly displayed emotions. Nothing makes us feel closer to the image you're guiding us toward than to express and display the godly emotions that you've so wonderfully blessed us with. And in coordination with your will, it's just a marvelous happiness that comes over us here. Thank you, dear Lord, for bringing all of this wisdom to mind. Thank you once again for Brian Borgman, uh, his timeless content. Help us to understand today why worry is a sin. And we ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 11, Hakuna Matata. Not, not really. <laughs> Fear, anxiety, and worry. And the pastor will attest to this. Anytime we're preparing a message, there's always something that allows us to remember and correct or even confess instances where the wisdom of God's word reveals things to us, even during our preparations, whether something ongoing in our current life or something in the past. I was reminded of some anxiety, some worries, in the past, um, some people might say, we got plenty to worry about for you today. <laughs> yeah, there are plenty of worries even today, right? Luke twelve thirty two. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Borgman begins chapter 11 with a personal scenario, and since the whole chapter is essentially based upon the two acts of his scenario. I'm going to read it to you to start with. During seminary days, my wife and I were barely able to make ends meet. We had moved to Portland, Oregon with some faith, but not much money. Jobs were hard to come by, but I was able to get a few janitorial subcontracting accounts, one of which was my meat and potatoes. It was an $800 a month account at a private school. It might as well have been a million dollars in those days. We paid our rent and utilities and bought our groceries with the income from that account. It was a big account. One Monday, I received a call from the man in charge of this private school. He wanted to talk 
to my boss and me, and a meeting was set for Thursday of that week. The school had just hired a new principal, and I assumed the meeting was called so we could meet her and discuss some additional cleaning tasks. Wednesday afternoon, I was cleaning the school's library and went to clean the glass on the copier machine. As I lifted the lid, there it was, a contract with another janitorial service, which was owned by the new principal's brother. My anxiety about Thursday's meeting went straight to fear. I looked at the contract and noticed that it underbid our account by almost $200 a month. My heart sank as I wondered how I was supposed to provide for my wife and two-year-old daughter. Fear gripped me as I faced the certainty of losing the account and the uncertainty of how I could pay the rent, let alone buy groceries. Some people have a very strong tendencies towards fear, anxiety, and worry. There is a subtle danger, however, when it comes to fear, anxiety, and worry. We can mask these sins under the guise of concern. Now, let's admit that either anxiety, worry, and fear characterize our temperaments, or we merely succumb to them from time to time. But worry and fear essentially are emotions that overlap. To worry is to feel uneasy or anxious about something. There are troubling thoughts associated with worry. Anxiety looks like worry only amped up a few volts. There are troubling thoughts. There is mental and emotional distress. There is uneasiness of mind caused by uncertainty. Keyword, uncertainty. Let's review the steps to mortifying the ungodly emotions. We've been through these steps before. What are they? Number one, honest self-evaluation. Number two, quickness to seek confession and repentance. And number three, apply the biblical process to put off and put on. Now let's talk about the fear of man and the fear of the future. Fear is the emotion of serious distress triggered by impending danger, evil, or pain, whether real or imagined. Fear makes us feel helpless. Fear reminds us that we are not in control. Once again, the uncertainty. And there is nothing we can do about it. Now there is such a thing as healthy fear. Fear that helps preserve our lives. As, uh, I'm going too fast. I am too close to the edge. Stop the chainsaw. I felt it grab at my jeans, which really did happen yesterday. There is also the fear of the Lord, which is the heart of godliness in Proverbs 1 and Proverbs 9. But most of the time, the emotions of fear, anxiety, and worry are sinful. And there is fear of others, controlled by the opinions of others. Boy, if we have seen an increase in that category over the last, I don't know, when was the internet invented? <laughs> it's an inordinate hunger for attention or relationships, the fear to speak the truth, the fear of rejection. Proverbs 29:25 says, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. 
But there's also fear or anxiety about the future. I cannot turn on TV. I mean, even the banner ads. I, I went ahead and I, I got a VPN at home. I wanted to get a VPN just so maybe it'll mask my IP address so that, oh, there's that 66-year-old guy. Let's keep putting those banner ads up of all these medications. You ever see those commercials? You can't see a commercial without it being a medication that I don't even know if you can ask for these medications. Ask your doctor about. And they're all older folks up there. Or, you know, protect your mortgage, protect your loved ones, get insurance, protect your financial future, take these drugs. The fear of losing our health, our money, our job, our 401k, or a relationship. There is the fear of getting old, not being able to remember our own name. It's a legitimate fear for any of us who have experience with friends or loved ones who've had dementia or Alzheimer's. You've seen that. We're going through that right now. There's the fear of dying. The red star here is a quote from a person named David Paulison, and he said, if what you most value can be taken away or destroyed, then you set yourself up for anxiety. Let's talk about a biblical description of fear, worry, and anxiety. So our Lord addressed many people who subsisted from day to day. In their shoes, you can imagine how easy it would be to worry about the immediate future. Most of us in America cannot conceive of that kind of anxiety. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Luke 12, 25 to 26. In other words, worrying accomplishes absolutely nothing. I know it, you know it, I know it. How many times have I worried? And then whatever it was never came to fruition, whether it was a paper that was never collected because I didn't do my homework, or a report I didn't do, or a million other things that I frankly worry about. Worry and anxiety also form a springboard for other sins, other problems. Solomon said, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. Proverbs 12, 25. Worry is a crippling emotion that paralyzes us. It bogs us down emotionally, makes us virtually useless for anything else. In addition, fear leads to lying, forgetting God, not trusting God, and not fearing God, all those are sins as well. Consider how many different sinful actions and attitudes can come from anxiety. Piper says anxiety about finances can give rise to coveting and greed and hoarding and stealing. No, they shouldn't make an episode or shows on hoarding unless it's to show you another sin. I'm sure we can find enough examples in our own social circles. Anxiety about succeeding at some task can make you irritable and abrupt and surly. Anxiety about relationships can make you withdrawn and indifferent and uncaring about other people. Anxiety about how someone will respond to you can make you cover the truth and lie about things. That's called social media. The Bible clearly forbids sinful fear, anxiety, and worry. 
The commands, do not fear and do not be afraid, appear almost 100 times in the Bible. For instance, one of my favorite memory verses. It's a good one for those who fear, and it's also in the book. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your Lord. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41.10. Also from Isaiah 41, for I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not, I am the one who helps you. Fear not, you worm Jacob, you men of Israel, I am the one who helps you, declares the Lord. Your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, Isaiah 41, 13 to 14. And then we have the Lord Jesus give the ultimate word, forbidding worry and anxiety. Can you guess? Matthew 6. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Matthew 6, 25 to 34. The Apostle Paul, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And we'll get to the end of that verse in a little bit. What is the source of fear, anxiety, and worry? We struggle with it. In order to control them and conquer them, we need to know the source. We might be tempted to think the emotions of fear, worry, and anxiety are truly emotions that come from outside of us. It was that paper that I found on the copier that threatened my contract. I have reason to worry. So we think. We live in a world that's fallen with riddled with sin, sickness, death, and disaster. So naturally, we would think the causes for worry, the emotions, come from outside of us. But let us remember our emotions, what they really tell us. What do we know about them? They express what we truly believe. So not even fear, worry, and anxiety can be attributed to something that happens to us. And the Bible is clear that the source of fear, worry, and anxiety is unbelief. 
When we fail to believe that God has our future in his hands, we cave into fear, worry, or anxiety. Listen again to the prophet Isaiah. Whom did you dread and fear so that you lied and did not remember me, did not lay it to heart? Have I not held my peace even for a long time and you do not fear me? Isaiah 57, 11. Likewise, what is our Lord's diagnosis of the anxiety shown in that Sermon in the Mount? Matthew 6. The answer is, O you of little faith. He said the same thing to Peter. Peter tried to walk on the water. When we are gripped with anxiety and fear, we are expressing what we believe and whom we do not believe. So how do we handle these situations that overwhelm us? With truth. Let's talk about the truth. Borgman calls this subsection Biblical Bullets for Handling Fear, Anxiety, and Worry. The sovereign king of the entire universe is our father. The one thing I like about watching The Chosen is um, I'm reminded of how many Jews began their prayers. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe. King of the universe. The sovereign king of the entire universe is our father. Paul tells the timid Timothy, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Okay, a sound mind. Meaning, if you're subject to fear, anxiety, and worry, your mind ain't right. As they would say in Cool Hand Luke, get your mind right. We overcome the grip of fear by knowing what God has done for us and in and through his son, Jesus Christ. But God, we break fear's grip by realizing God has given us the spirit of power, love, and self-control. We also have to strive to mortify fear, worry, and anxiety by putting the truth of God's word in our hearts. And truths such are found in Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. We return to the truth of God's character. Our Father has provided all that, he, that we need for our safety. When we are focused on him, we are assured that we are safe and we no longer fear. Safety calms our fears. We renew our confidence that God is working out the details of our lives for good, Romans 8.28. And then God promises to kill fear because it reminds us of who God is and what he is like, that he is near us, and that we find our security and peace in him. Let's take a look at Psalm 34.4. I sought the Lord. And he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. We obey the commands and our own promise and own the promises through prayer, and we experience his peace. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What does this verse not include? 
Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and God will answer your prayers. And when he answers your prayers, you'll have the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, and will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's not what it says. The act of submitting to God your concerns, not being anxious, let your requests be known to God with thanksgiving, will give you the peace of Christ, regardless of what the answer is going to be. The end of that scenario. On that overcast Thursday morning, I sat on the steps outside the office waiting for the appointment. My fear was dissipating as I recited to myself and prayed through Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I preached to myself and prayed. The meeting happened. I lost the account. I was blamed for, quote unquote, not doing a good enough job. Although I knew that the real reason we lost the contract was that we were underbid. And Borgman is very gracious not to say, by the principal's brother. Although I knew that the real reason was we were underbid, but that was okay. What can man do to us? We will not be afraid. By the way, God gave me a better job that got us through seminary without having to scratch and scrape and make ends meet. Wow. I think worry and regret are on opposite ends of the spectrum. A healthy regret's good. It's sometimes used to temper and to mold your confession and repentance. But regret (coughs) is essentially saying, I wish I could take something over that you can't. To paraphrase my dad, wish in one hand and spit in the other and see which one gets filled first. So if regret is worrying about something you can't take over again, worries about something that you can't control and you don't know if it's even going to happen. Both sinful in most cases. I want to direct this to Psalm 3725. Let me uh, look it up here. I found this verse using the Transformed into His Likeness book. I hadn't considered this before, but this is actually under the heading of anxiety and worry. Psalm 37:25. I have been young, and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging for bread. Amen. Heavenly Father, I confess and repent of the worry that I had preparing this message for today. I also ask you to conform us to your will and expressing these emotions in a godly manner. And if we cannot, please purge them through repentance and confession that you bring to us with your kind grace as we go forward this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hi there, this is Austin Hetzler, the pastor of Christ the Rock Church of Elyria, Ohio. We at Christ the Rock are humbled and grateful to be a part of your sanctification today as you listen to this sermon. But at the same time, we want to encourage you to be a member of a good local church and not to allow online sermons to replace the local church and to benefit from the life of that church and to give your spiritual gifts back to that church. Having said that, our website is www.christrockchurch.com. If you go there, you can find sermons, blogs, and other resources as well as our location and service times. You can also listen to the sermons on Bible Thumping Wingnut, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. I, along with the membership of Christ the Rock Church, pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you.